This is WCM's Park Update, a weekly show covering the outdoor hospitality industry hosted by Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast. During each episode, you'll hear from special guests and campground experts on topics that will help your park flourish. WCM's Park Update is a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Hi, I'm Ben Quiggle, editor of Woodall's Campground Magazine, and this is another episode of WCM's Park Update sponsored by Bush Tech Safari. And, of course, my esteemed colleague, Mike Gast, the former um, Vice President of Communications for Campgrounds of America, is here. And our guest today is Michael Moore, who has a whole list of titles. Um, he's past president of the Campground Association Management Professionals Group, which represents um, state association directors throughout the U.S., He's the Assistant Executive Director of the Texas Association of Campground Owners, which has the best abbreviation TACO. And then he is also the supplier representative on the National Association of RV Parks and Campgrounds Board. And then I'm sure there's other titles that go along with that, but I mean, you stay busy, I guess. I, I feel bad now, Ben. That that's quite a list, Michael. I that, that I feel like mine's just kind of this piddly former thing. I, I think I want to be called the unindicted co-conspirator from now on, Ben. <laughs> uh, well, that'll get you more uh, headlines, Mike. But uh, but for yeah, for mine, uh, yeah, it's no, it's it's good. It, it definitely keeps me busy. But uh, you know, I think as the three of us know, this is a good industry to stay busy in. So um, so yeah. So thanks for having me on. So, well, speaking of busy, Michael, I, I see congratulations are in order. You recently got your MBA. <laughs> I did. Yes, but. thank you, Ben, for making that uh, a part of the agenda. But, uh, but yeah, no, that was very um, – <laughs> that was a nice thing. Um, so my wife works at the college here, uh, TCU, and so I absolutely took advantage of their uh, spousal tuition reimbursement program. So um, And somehow without, years with all of, those uh, – Huh? How'd you fit? How'd you fit that in with all those titles? Uh, it. Uh, I don't know. Actually, that's a good question. Uh, it was a lot of night classes, uh, and, and I will say this too: we have a very good uh, support system, both here in our office uh, and at home. So, for example, like my parents live close by, my wife's parents live close by. Um, you know, and and. Uh, you know, the boss here, Brian and Deborah, they were very supportive of it. So, um, yeah, we're, I, I was very lucky, I guess, to uh, be able to take advantage of that. Well, walk us through your uh, your campground pedigree a little bit. How long have you been around the industry? Uh, <laughs> that's a funny story, too. Um, so I actually have been with, it's actually Texas Advertising. That's probably the title uh, and the company that supersedes all of them. Um, and that is owned by Brian and Deborah Schaefer, which a lot of people uh, are familiar with. And I started my uh, freshman year of college. Um, it was actually uh, at a get together, I'll call it. And I was working at a restaurant called the Nut House Grill that I was not a fan of. And I was looking for a job <laughs> and I came across Brian and he said, hey, we're, we're hiring. We need someone in the mailroom. And so uh, I started there and that was 20 years ago in December. And I just kind of never left. I mean, I left the mailroom, but I didn't leave um, Brian and Deborah <laughs> and Texas Advertising. So, um, so yeah, I, I just, I'd leave uh, that in my around. title, by the way. 
look, I, I do. Uh, just it, it's sort of at the bottom now, not at the top like it was. But um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've been very lucky, uh, you know, for the stability for sure. And, and you know, like I said, it, it's a nice industry to be in. You know, it's not uh, it's not a, a, a soul draining like I definitely hear from some friends of mine. So. Um, yeah, no, I've been very lucky to be here this long and, and do what, what I've been doing. So. Can you explain a little bit about camp? Um, we mentioned at the beginning, the Campground Association of Management Professionals. I guess, just what is that group? Why does that group exist? And uh, just explain what it does, I guess. Yeah, so um, camp uh, is a group of other uh, campground, uh, state campground association executives. So the folks that are managing and running the various state campground associations around the country. So, uh, Taco, um, you know, the, the campground associations that are in Florida and California and New Jersey and Wisconsin. Um, and we like to get together because quite frankly, not many people are doing what we do, at least as far as, uh, the type of, of association and the type of members we have. And so it's a, a real close group. We get together a couple times a year, either on Zoom or in person, and kind of talk about the various issues we're all facing, because we're all facing similar issues uh, all the time, and kind of discuss how we kind of combat that and what we can do and what's been working for some and what has not been working for others. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, I, like I said, we're, we're pretty close. I mean, a lot of folks have been there for, you know, years, if not a couple decades by now, so... Um, but yeah, we, we get together and, and uh, try to figure out what we can do to provide the most value for our members. Because let's face it, at the end of the day, that's what running an organization and associations about is, is providing as much value for the members as possible. So uh, we're all well, in a very my, unique. To do that. That 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 begs the question, then, Michael. What are the big issues that camp talks mm -hmm. about at these meetings? What, <laughs> what what are keeping you up at night? Sure. Um, well, I can tell you that uh, for all of us, uh, no matter what state it is, no matter what part of the country, there's always going to be legal and legislative issues that we all are facing, that our members are facing. So, uh, you know, whether it's, uh, hey, how do I properly, uh, you know, throw someone out of, a, of my park because they're, they're uh, causing some trouble or uh, some taxation issues that may be coming up. But uh, I can tell you that for uh, all of us, that is always going to be one of the top benefits of joining is to get some advice, get some input as far as any kind of legal legislative happenings going on in our states. Um, marketing, you know, supplemental marketing, I can say, uh, is definitely another one because we all have various websites devoted to nothing but campgrounds in our state uh, that typically show up pretty high on the search engines. So uh, between that, we have printed publications that you know, if you ask anyone that's been to an RV show lately, we'll tell you are just as popular as they were before. Uh, you know, there's still a lot of people coming in and wanting info that they can grab and hold on to and take back to their rig. So, um, so yeah, I, I would say that. Uh, I, I can tell you another big thing is, uh, you know, the sort of uh, uh, prolifer proliferation, I guess I'd call it, of these uh, multi-property owners and these big corporations that have since entered the industry. That, that's a big change that's happened in the last couple of years, too, and sort of figuring out what we as associations can do to help those folks. Because for some of them, I mean, they, they have a large, uh, a wide net that they do a lot of things for the parks, but 
uh, at the end of the day, there's still going to be some things that we as associations, I think, can uh, support them. So, um, so, so yeah, what, uh, and a lot, yeah. Yeah, so what, so just on that point, I guess, I know when I talk to state association professionals like Mary Arlington in Colorado, mm-hmm. Kansas, and South Dakota, um, you know, she talks about some of that too, about these new corporations coming in. So what are some of the things that state association execs are trying to do to reach out to those people or to the managers of these parks to get them involved in the associations? Yeah. So um, I I would say uh, still going back to that legal legislative stuff uh, and not so much maybe their corporate office sometimes, but as you said, Ben, kind of their managers too, because those managers are on the ground. Uh, and have to use those sort of laws that are in place in those states in practice, right? They, they're the ones that have to take advantage of it or are able to. And so I think it's more about educating those folks on kind of what is the law and what uh, they're able to do and stuff like that. And, and look, you know, with these corporates, especially the bigger ones, I mean, they've got hundreds of properties. And so um, uh, sometimes the state is able to sort of provide some information maybe a little quicker uh, than they may be able to. Uh, the, the marketing, I would say, I mean, they all have uh, their own marketing departments and they're all very uh, uh, good and very quick, but uh, you know, it doesn't hurt, I, I know also, to supplement that, whether it's with their printed directories that we have, that you know, for some of these states, we print a couple hundred thousand copies of. You know, that's a lot of impressions for a, a relatively uh, affordable rate. Uh, the website, I mean, digital is always gonna be a big part of that too. So. I think it's more about supplementing those corporates, too, and kind of assisting them on their, their parks. Because, again, with how big they are, they've got parks in every state by now. And so, uh, But a lot of times the associations in those states are the ones that will know uh, the laws and the rules privy to those states more than anyone, quite honestly. And, and like I, I use this line sometimes when I talk to folks is you can't necessarily Google how to run a campground. And so that's what I'm hoping – uh, associations like Taco and the other states uh, can help you. What, um, you know, uh, when you're talking to these state executives, you know, how are, how is membership going? Are a lot of them noticing that it, they're able to get, you know, these newer parks in as members? Is it an easy road so far? Is, is you know, are they struggling to get in new members? Um, I guess, you know, how are the health of these associations in general? Yeah, um, I know. Uh, well, I'll sort of sort of break it down. So I know as far as the the corporate types go, they're very supportive of the state associations. I mean, I, I don't know one that that isn't. Quite honestly, they're very uh, uh, they're very active and they participate, and that's great. Um, as far as membership goes, and, and I'll sort of talk to Taco uh, first, just because that's the one I know the best. But I know uh, we've gained membership the last couple years, uh, every year, pretty well. I mean, we're up to 450 campground members at the moment. Um, and, you know, I know a lot of that has to do with, you have to create, obviously, a unique value proposition, right? Something they can't get anywhere else or from Google or, or anything like that. And I know for us, um, we have uh, what we call our legal handbook, which kind of takes all those laws and, and, and regulations I was talking about into a nice organized uh, binder that they could refer to and use at any time. And so um, I know for Taco, you know, uh, membership is up uh, pretty good. I know the other states, the ones that I've talked to, uh, have done pretty well. And, and again, they're they're able to do that because they're providing something that uh, 
you know, a, a, they can't get on their own or that they can help supplement. So um, I, I think the states uh, are doing pretty well as far as membership goes. Um, but, you know, it's, it's every year is, is going to be a new, uh, a new test, meaning, hey, you've got to prove it every year. This isn't a multi-year agreement. This is an annual thing. So we all are, are very busy every year trying to show the members what we're doing uh, and, and trying to show them how it helps them run their business. And I, I know a lot of them are doing that pretty well. I know when I was with uh, KOA that last year in uh, 2020, uh, and the and the pandemic happened. One of the one of the discoveries was that local, county, and state governments didn't have a really good feel for what a campground actually did, and it was uh, it was kind of hell to try and get those those governments to open up yeah. and uh, and see us as uh, essential businesses. Yep. Is that kind of changed the the framework of what uh, organizations like Tacos? do you know there was that uh, i think we were all surprised by the lack of knowledge that they didn't understand Mm -hmm. how a campground operated and what it actually did is that a a really ongoing process now for an outfit like taco to try to educate uh yeah ongoing was was the key word there mike so because (laughs) you know for example for texas i mean we have 254 counties and and and, you know it would be naive for us to assume that hey every county is going to be on the same page with uh, what a campground is and how they operate. And so, yeah, it is an ongoing thing. And, and we get a, you know, a couple of calls a week from a campground going, hey, my county is trying to tell me I need to do this or that or my city or my, uh, you know, the police force or something like that. And so um, that's a constant uh, education process, which, again, ties back to the membership and trying to show these folks that, hey, you do have a resource uh, that can help when, when something like that happens. And I know for Texas, uh, we're still um, a pretty hot state when it comes to building, expanding, etc. And so you can imagine, you know, the zoning uh, requirements for that and the laws you have to sort of adhere to. And, and again, uh, unfortunately, each county has their own thoughts on uh, what is needed or what's required. And so um, uh, that's an ongoing battle. I can tell you that uh, one of the laws uh, that, that Texas as a state passed this last session uh, was the fact that in, in short, Texas sort of uh, statewide code can uh, not be superseded by local uh, or county ordinances. Because what we were finding was a lot of these counties were going above and beyond what, you know, whether it was uh, NFPA 1194 or whether these state uh, laws would ask for, these counties and cities were going above and beyond that, again, because they weren't educated on what is actually needed to operate a campground. And so um, that will be a big help. And, and that will be uh, on us, on TACO, sort of educate our folks, meaning our members, of, of things like that so that they can go to their local officials and sort of remind them, hey, you know, tap the brake, man. Like, you can't do that. Or, hey, we don't need to do that. Here's the law. Uh, something like that. So, yeah, the, the long answer to your short question, uh, yeah, it's an ongoing thing. And, and sadly, I don't think it'll go away, but that's okay. You know, that that's literally what we're here for as an association. And I think uh, right before we go to the break, I would like to mention people who are interested in camp, uh, learning more, can go to campgroundexecutives.com. And you guys Mm -hmm. actually have like a list of some of the uh, pretty thorough list of all the associations, I think, for the Mm -hmm. most part, and a contact person on that website. Mm -hmm. So that's pretty good for like park owners, maybe in states who have never been connected, but they can can go to campgroundexecutives.com and at least find somebody in their state that that they can reach out to so yeah 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether it's in their state or I, I know that some associations, if uh, a neighboring state maybe doesn't have an actual organization, will allow folks to be part of their, their own state association, which, you know, uh, yeah. they provide benefits that way, too. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, let's take a break. Uh, we'll be right back uh, to talk more with Michael. No, ma'am. This is a five-star establishment. We do not have tents. Another one. With bespoke modern design, state-of-the-art craftsmanship, and only the finest quality materials, Bushtech Safari manufactures tents that take luxury to the next level. A true combination of five-star luxury and a five-billion-star experience. Tents. Better. Best. Bushtech. Hi, welcome back to WCM's Park Update, sponsored by Bushtech Safari, and we are talking with Michael Moore who has a dozen or more titles. And uh, one of those titles is being the supplier representative for the Arvik board. And uh, which is something that this is your second year or your mm-hmm. first year of doing that? No, second year. Yep. Second year. So are you up for election this year? Uh, no, uh, I, I have a three year term. So yeah, three year term. term. So fall of 24. So one more year till we can remove you, I guess, right? If you're an Arvik member. Huh? <laughs> one more year till we can remove you if you're an Arvik member, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, but anyways, I just, uh, I just kind of wanted to maybe talk a little bit about what you do on the Arvik board and just kind of, you know, what are some of the issues you guys have been talking about on the national level, I guess. I know we hear, we've been hearing a lot about the housing crisis and um, how that's impacting mm-hmm. parks. Is that kind of stuff that you talk about during these Arvik board meetings? Um, as far as that goes, I... Funny enough, I would say that is more um, talked about, at least in my experience, with those state associations, quite honestly, because they're the ones that are dealing with uh, the yeah. sort of, like you said, you know, in certain states, the influx of uh, of, of a clientele that maybe they didn't have before uh, and sort of dealing with that. Because as we all know, it's a different customer between a, a long-term uh, resident and a transient, right? So. Um, so no, I would say that that's more honestly something we talked about on the on the camp side. Uh, I can tell you though on the supplier side. So just to kind of you know sort of go into a little more on that. So I represent the uh, the vendors, the businesses that sort of cater to the campgrounds themselves. And so uh, you know reservation systems, the park model manufacturers. Um, for us, so I'm the general manager, another title uh, of Texas Advertising. And so we provide marketing services to the campgrounds. And so um, I would say, you know, uh, as far as that side of things go, um, you know, the suppliers and the vendors, I mean, you know, their, their big thing is, hey, we want access. We want exposure to the campgrounds. And so I would say that's always going to be the top uh, uh, priority as far as uh, the sort of folks I represent there. Um, so, you know, I, I would say that the housing, not so much for the suppliers, it's always going to be, hey, what what can you do for me to get in front of uh, these campground eyeballs out there? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, what are some of the things that you guys have been talking about on the Arvik board as far as that goes? Like, uh, 
outlets for that kind of stuff. Um, I know Arvik has like Go Camping America, mm-hmm. and they do some other um, like webinars and different things. You know, uh, is that stuff that you've been looking at on the supplier side? Um, you know, I would say that's more uh, like the sort of campground member side. Um, for suppliers, though, I know a big thing um, is uh, they call it the hosted buyer program that uh, happens at the national convention for Arctic every year, uh, which has been very successful the last couple of years. It's pretty new, but uh, I think in, in every year they've done it, it, it's only gotten bigger. So what that is, is uh, pairing up attendees of that convention with uh, suppliers on kind of a one-on-one sit-down time, you know, because as a trade show, as we all know, I mean, you've got a lot of foot traffic, and sometimes, you know, it's a lot to take in, especially for a show that size, whether it's Arvik, whether it's KOA, those trade shows can be pretty big and pretty daunting, and, and uh, sometimes it feels like there's not enough hours to, to visit everyone you wanted to, so something like that where you kind of get uh, ahead and are able to schedule an actual time to talk to folks is great. And I can tell you that talking to other suppliers and other vendors, that that has been very effective. You know, if they're able to have sort of FaceTime with folks and explain what they do, um, that that's very helpful. Because again, with, with the influx, it's not just the, the sort of uh, increase of these corporate types. I mean, just new owners in general, right? New, new parks, new owners, et cetera, who are very new to the industry and, and are very, um, you know, very, uh, very fresh into what they're trying to do and what they're what they need as far as operating their campground. And so, hooking up the the vendors and suppliers with those campgrounds uh, has been very helpful. Uh, it, it's very educational, and and they're able to get a lot of info uh, in more time than maybe they weren't being able to get to before. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe we had to talk just a little bit about what Taco's seeing for uh, supply and demand. Is is uh, is there a lot of new construction, a lot of expansion going on, and how far, uh, how much more do you need to actually take care of the demand of the campers out there? Is it even possible? Uh, yeah. Well, and, and again, um, uh, I hate to say it, it, it really depends on the state. And so what I mean by that is you've got some states that whether they're landlocked, whether the regulation is just too much. That building is just impossible. You know, it's either too expensive or it's too uh, uh, comprehensive to, to to make financial sense. Uh, I can tell you in Texas, though, that at least at the moment, and fingers crossed, it isn't this way or it isn't that way for a while. But uh, we still have a lot of building, uh, a lot of expanding going on, uh, a lot of new parks going in. And again, we have we have the real estate to do that. Right. Not everyone is, is as fortunate to have the kind of space that we have to do that. Um, so we're still seeing that, you know, where you can uh, as far as the expanding goes. So um, as far as the sort of demand, um, you know, I don't know. Demand is, I think, still pretty high. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that it's uh, gone down any. I think what I would say is like, there's more options out there for sure. Um, and while the occupancy number may not be the record numbers they were the last year or two because of that COVID bounce back, they're still very high. I mean, it, certainly if you compare them to pre-COVID, uh, people are doing better. And so uh, I think the demand's being met. I, I think, honestly, it's more of a leveling where you've got a lot more options now. You've got a lot of good options. You know, I mean, people are really upping the sort of threshold for what makes a, a decent park to stay at. And so, which is good. I mean, for the industry as a whole, that's great. You know, it gives more, more people... The opportunity to stay at a nice place and, and go back there. So, 
Uh, so at the moment, uh, you know, uh, building and expanding, I think, is still happening. But, uh, again, as we all know, that, that could stop. You know, it just is a matter of, of sort of, you know, looking at the short term and making sure you're prepared for the long term. Is there is there still room out there for the small-time operator uh, with 30, 35 sites, or is that just not going to happen anymore? Oh, I think there is. I, I definitely think there is. Now, the, the level of amenities uh, may be uh, a little higher than they used to be, you know, that, that someone could uh, sort of have and, and still have a, a regular clientele, but I think that's just uh, a sort of the evolution of the industry anyway. I absolutely think there is. Um, and again, to, to tie it back to the associations, I think for those folks, especially, that's where an association is, is most beneficial, quite honestly, whether it's in the marketing uh, or the legislative side. You know, because again, those corporates have the support staff to do uh, a lot of those things, whereas the small time operator just doesn't. You know, a lot of times it's it's a husband and wife, and that's the only staff <laughs> there is uh, at that campground. And so they're going to need help with those things that maybe, you know, a, a corporate type already has, whether it's the marketing side, uh, whether it's the legislative side, stuff like that. So I, I think there absolutely is. Um, it just may look a little different than it did, you know, even five or 10 years ago. So you guys help yeah. uh, help the campgrounds market to winter Texans, or is that just not even necessary anymore? <laughs> oh, no, it's necessary. No, I, as a marketer, you need to always be marketing, Mike, you know that. So um, but <laughs> as far as winter Texans go, yeah, oh, we, we absolutely uh, uh, have programs for uh, those parks in the Rio Grande Valley. So that's where folks go if they want to uh, have 80 degree weather in January. Uh, and we will do uh, on our marketing side for the association, we do email blasts to uh, our, our email list that's in the you know tens of thousands. And uh, our website, uh, we will do things that sort of feature uh, certain campgrounds that cater to those winter Texans. We'll do press releases uh, with Jeff Kreider, who you all are very familiar with. He'll put word out that there's campgrounds that have uh, spaces for the winter still. So, um, so yeah, absolutely. No, that that's still a big thing. Um, and, and again, I don't think you'll ever uh, get rid of the RVer that wants to go uh, to uh, 80 degrees in January, uh, as opposed to, you know, Wisconsin or, or New York in, uh, in January, February. Uh, oh come on! Or Omaha's <laughs> beautiful in January, so uh, yeah. I heard it's a, it's a great town mm. in January, Omaha. So, um, <laughs> so uh, I guess, what about the work park side? Are I know in Texas is it's pretty big. Is these parks popping up for traveling workers or like catering to workers? Is that going to be a pretty big deal for the foreseeable future, too? Are we going to continue to see development on that side? You know, for Texas, anyway, that's always been a pretty big part of it, quite honestly, especially if you go to Houston, um, where, you know, big oil town, big energy town. Um, that That's always been a part of it, you know, where you definitely have your sort of ebbs and flows uh, for certain parts that do cater to that. Um, and that's, again, going <laughs> going back to the marketing side. Um, that's that's absolutely fine to to you know market your park that way and to cater to that. Uh, you just absolutely have to be prepared for when the work leaves, right? When that when that big construction project is done, uh, you need to be prepared and and have you know some folks ready to come in after that. So so yeah, that that's always been a, a part of it, and it absolutely will continue to be a part. So let's talk workers for a second. What's the labor market like out there? Uh, is the is the push for higher minimum wages uh, making it so competitive out there the campgrounds are struggling to find folks? 
Um, you know, I think it depends on on the type of campground and kind of what they're what they're going for. And so, what I mean by that is, you've, you've got a lot that obviously still utilize the work camper market, right? So they have folks there, they stay, and, and that's sort of part of the uh, arrangement they have. Uh, but some campgrounds will hire uh, employees, actual employees and staff. Um, and so, yeah, I would say that that's been uh, uh, a challenge for sure. I mean, whether it's a small park or a large park is getting someone that they can uh, obviously bring in locally and rely on. Um, I, I don't know that that will ever be a problem that is completely solved. <laughs> Uh, I think that'll just be an ongoing thing, but uh, but yeah, I mean it's a challenge. But you know, also I think campgrounds are very uh, intuitive and, and very resourceful, and I think they will uh, do what they have to do to be able to provide the service that they want to provide. Um, you, you know, when we look at uh, what public and like local, what public parks are doing, local, state, national parks, you know, they're adding more amenities, they're adding accommodation mm -hmm. units. I know there is a park in Galveston, Texas that's adding a, a county park that's adding like a bar or something to it. Um, you know, they're they're getting a little more competitive. Is that something you're noticing where the, the public parks are maybe getting a little more competitive in some areas with the private parks? Or, you know, is there still a pretty good edge for the private parks, I guess? Um, I mean, there's still an edge for sure. You know, there absolutely is. And, and I don't know that, that any state will, will ever fully uh, <laughs> either want to or are able to go toe-to-toe -to -toe with the, the private campgrounds. But having said that, I mean, you do see uh, states that are, are sort of putting more money into it. So even in Texas, um, I believe there's a ballot uh, initiative coming up in January to sort of devote more state funds to that very thing, to state parks to sort of upgrade uh, and renovate and so and look for the camper that that's good news that that's more options but you know uh i don't know that they'll ever be able to go fully toe-to-toe -to -toe with the private sector certainly with uh you know the amount of new builds that we have whether it's these big corporates or 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 just a, again a, a mom and pop that that hey their dream was to own a camper you know yeah i think they're always going to have an advantage uh over anything publicly funded like that yeah definitely well, um, I think, you know, we're pretty much out of time, uh, Michael. I th uh, Thanks for coming quick. on the show. Yeah, it was quick. This show's <laughs> quick. We get people through quickly. Um, so uh, They're busy. Yeah, they're busy. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Michael, it was great having you on. It was great. Uh, can you just tell the audience what shows you'll be at this fall? I imagine it'll be at a couple shows, right? Either Texas Advertising or is it representing an association? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm essentially going on tour for the whole month of November, which my wife is not exactly thrilled about, but, you know. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there's there's Arvik uh, first up. Uh, I think it's the, the about the 6th through the 9th uh, in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, I'll be there for uh, camp. We have a meeting there for TACO, and then I'll be there on the AGS side uh, and for, for some board meetings. And then um, the uh, KOA show, I believe, is the following week uh that'll be at las vegas and i'll be there wearing my uh texas advertising ags hat on as a uh, exhibitor there um and then i will also for the first time myself anyway be at the uh campground owners expo in branson and so uh, we have another camp meeting scheduled for that so uh, i'll have my taco hat and then i will immediately put on my AGS hat for the uh, the trade show there. So um, so yeah, then I get to fit Thanksgiving in between all that. So it should be uh, should be a busy time. 
<laughs> it should be fun though. So it's a lot of fun yeah. getting to meet people. So it's a lot of fun running into you, Michael. And uh, it was great <laughs> chatting with you. And thanks again for coming on the show. And uh, thanks everyone for watching. We'll be back thanks, again next Michael. week. Thank you for listening to WCM's Park Update, a production of Woodall's Campground Magazine. Join us for a new show each Tuesday at 3 p.m. Eastern on Facebook, YouTube, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Follow us on Facebook and LinkedIn for daily news and updates, and subscribe to our news feed on our website at woodallscm.com. Show hosts are Ben Quiggle and Mike Gast, executive producers Rick Kessler and Alex Burkett, copyright 2022, G&G Media Group.